We are recording. I said it that time. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You're going to do nothing about it. You're going to like it when I say it. You're just going to enjoy it. You're going to drink it down. You're going to guzzle it. I'm going to cut all of that. I am uncomfortable. <laughs> Welcome to Nameless Monsters, where we are all 100% real boys, except Heather. <laughs> yes. We are not Pinocchios. People used to think I was a boy. <laughs> I started a lot of playground fights because of that. <laughs> you won a lot of playground fights. I did. I'm sure every single one of them deserved it. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, they absolutely did. Little turds. No, I was ferocious. I was a beast. I was the anti-mags. <laughs> all right so uh welcome to nameless monsters uh season one episode seven we are a monster of the week actual play podcast thank you for tuning in with us and if this is the first episode you're listening to i would probably recommend you going back and listening to the other episodes i beg of you Mm -hmm. yeah i think i beg you to please go listen to the other episodes simply because you'll probably not understand what's going on just wing it make stuff up yeah i mean yeah i guess good tell your own story yeah you do you listener yeah listener starting in episode seven don't don't let nate boss you around yeah oh my god he's not your dad (laughs) and even if he was your dad you don't have to listen to your dad (laughs) (laughs) so i am nate and i am the keeper which is kind of the dungeon master for Monster of the Week. I use he, him pronouns. And with us today, we have Heather. I'm Heather. I play Mags Oliver, the professional. She and I both use she, her. And Dennis. Hi, I'm Dennis. I play Brad Johnson, the mundane, and we are both he, him. And finally, we have Lester. I'm Lester. I play Morris, the initiate, he, him pronouns all the way down. So last time on Nameless Monsters, someone did a summary of an episode. That was a very strange segue. Yeah, it was. I'll be happy to do the recap. Great. Thanks. I titled it in my notes, Back at the Bread and Breakfast. (laughs) Mags has a little breakdown at the kitchen table, and Brad was his usual encouraging self. There is a little Mags flashback to training with my good friend Frankie. The night did not go great for either of us. Shout out to Candace, by the way. Thanks for letting us use your likeness for... I checked with her. She was delighted. Or at least she said she was. Morris had a dream, a very real dream about Grendel Hill. Something has gone wrong. They are upset that he hasn't found Jaden. And then after we all went to bed, Bradley went on a little sneaky sneak adventure all by himself and left a phone alarm with a note in front of Mags's door saying where he had gone, which is a good thing. Because his little adventure didn't go so well. As far as we know, he could have, like, escaped and now he's in, like, Vegas or whatever. Just abandoned us. I mean, if he abandoned us here in this Brigadoon town and didn't take us to Vegas, I'm going to be even more angry. He would never. He's not the Brad we know. I wish I knew any of the songs from Brigadoon because I would have sang one right mm, then. Licensing, you know. Alas, I don't know that musical very MTI well. MTI would have our highs.
All right, so the scene opens. Mags, you are standing there with Brad's note and his phone in your hand. And you're looking down at it, and it's chirping its little tune. I will disable the alarm and open up the note. Dear Mags, headed back to the cave. Just need to check on something. See you in the morning. P.S. Hopefully you'll never have to see this note, but if you do, definitely come find me. So Mags just woke up. She had to pee. Heard this song coming from the hallway. And so her brain is not quite firing on all cylinders yet. Mags is not a person who rolls out of bed and like can immediately go into combat mode. That ain't her. Sleeps with a gun under her pillow. (laughs) No, 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 no. She leans back against the doorframe for just a second and thinks about what this note means. She's going to walk down the hall and tap on his door. And when there's no response, I'm going to just open the door and I see that his bed has not been slept in. Brad, did you lock it? No. Do they have locks? (laughs) I was also assuming that they were not lockable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's got a lock on the door. Yeah, it absolutely has a lock on the door. I don't think I would have locked it. Fair enough, fair enough. I open the door, I see that his bed has not been slept in, and that is the moment where where panic starts to happen. So she starts back down the hall to her room so that she can get dressed, and then she's like, nope, nope, and she stops and turns around and goes, uh, in my head, Mags is, like, across from the bathroom, and then the boys' rooms, Brad is across the hall, And then Morris is in the room next to hers, across from Brad's. You know, that's really incredible because that's exactly how it's laid out. Right? Right? Amazing. Great job. (laughs) You just guessed it. Yep. And so she's she's starting down the hall, back towards her room, and no, 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 no. Turns around and goes and does, like, frantic knock on Morris's door. Morris? Morris? Morris, you need to wake up. Morris. Uh, what? Just give me five more minutes. No, 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 Morris. Brad is gone. We need to go. We need to go find Brad. Uh, did, did, you, did you check the kitchen? No, Morris, get up. <laughs> uh, Morris, like, clearly just falls out of the bed and hits the ground really hard because there's just, like, this huge thud. Wow. And then, like, stumbles to the door and pulls it open. And he is just sleeping in his day outfit. Oh, bless like, it. jeans and boots and everything <laughs> with, like, drool marks on his face. Wow. Okay, Morse, um, go go get some coffee. We're going to need, uh, we, we've got to go back out. Brad went back to the den to look at the spiders. So just give me, give me two minutes so I can get dressed, okay? Okay, I'm going to go to the kitchen. Brad eats sandwiches, like, a lot. I'm going to go to the kitchen. See see sandwiches. Okay, maybe sandwiches are eating Brad. And Mags is gone at this point and is frantically like pulling on boots over her pajamas and grabbing her gear. Morris is like stumbling down the stairs and like trying to fumble for light switches to turn lights on. Oh my gosh. You know the feeling when you've got to wake up for like a red eye flight Mm -hmm. and you were really excited the night before for wherever it was you were going and the alarm goes off at 3.30 or whatever it is (laughs) and you've got all this adrenaline 
and just can't make your body do any of the things that it's supposed to be doing. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know exactly what you're talking that about. That is how, I mean, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, that's what, what's what Mags is doing. Like, boots not lacing right. The bag strap won't go over her head. Aww. Whatever pajama shirt she's got on is buttoned crooked. I, just the whole deal. I think at this point, Morris has probably gotten to the kitchen and he's like kind of stumbling around and he goes to the fridge to like go and open it and he's kind of calling out like brad are you down here eating sandwiches again brad (laughs) max is freaking out and i'm not good at that brad (laughs) and then he like opens the fridge and there's like a plate of untouched fully made sandwiches and then that's when Morris freaks out (laughs) yes Yes. So, Dennis, what time was it that the alarm was set to go off at? Like 5 o'clock? 5.30. Okay. Adelaide is actually up, and she comes in the back door as you open the refrigerator and look in and see the sandwiches. Do you gasp? Will you give us a little gasp? (gasps) (laughs) Mrs. Adelaide, this is really important. Have you seen Bradley? What? It's serious, and that's why I'm using the full name. Brad? Yeah. Uh, no, He's not upstairs? No, and these sandwiches are untouched, which means he hasn't been in this kitchen for, like, at least two hours. She rushes past you and goes to the front door and looks outside and closes it and comes back in and says, Oh my god, her, his his van's gone. Where did he go? <laughs> Here comes Mags flopping down the stairs. <laughs> All I can imagine is you, like, literally fucking not walking. Just you start at the top of the stairs, decide you can't do it with your legs, and then just, like, just kind of fall over the stairs. Max, Brad is missing. Morris, I know. We need to go. Max, Brad is like for real missing. He's like nowhere here. He hasn't He hasn't eaten any sandwiches and his van's gone. And like the, the sandwiches are all still there, which is crazy. I'm going to grab Morris's wrist and like pull him with me. Adelaide, we're, we're going to go. We're going to go and try and find him. Whatever you can do, if you can like. Um, oh my God, Adelaide, can you give us some sandwiches in like a Ziploc bag we can use as like bait? <laughs> Brad Bates. <laughs> sure, sure. She wraps up some sandwiches oh in cloth. I was about to ask, do they even have Ziploc bags? <laughs> nope, there are no Ziploc bags. Yeah. Wow. That just means the smell will get to Brad even faster. She also reaches into a drawer and pulls out a set of keys and tosses them to you, Mags. She says, I know your vehicle's still in the shop, so why don't you use my truck? Thank you. Thank you, Adelaide. As she's backing out the door. Be careful. So Adelaide's truck is like an ancient truck. It's a 61 Chevy pickup. What color is it? Yellow. Yellow, yeah. Like a bright yellow or like a dull yellow? Like a banana yellow. Like a banana, ooh. It has a white top. All right, so we're going to get into the banana mobile to catch Brad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going. And you guys drive out of town. All right, Brad. Yes. We open with you in the woods again at a campfire, but this time sitting across from you is your sister, Charlotte. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Charlotte? Sure. Charlotte is a fairly petite 
woman. This was several years ago, so I would be maybe in my mid-20s with her, maybe 20, 21, something like that. She has blonde hair, very similar in color to mine, but hers, she keeps stick straight and usually pulled back into a pretty severe bun when she's at work. Out here, she's got a few, a few flyaways being out in nature. It's hard to tame her mane, so to speak. She is obviously Brad's sister. Uh, they have very similar features, but she looks, I'm not sure what the word, bored maybe? She is not an outdoors person. Very much an office person. Very much so, yes. <laughs> so, and this was an attempt to try and get at least one member of my family to kind of understand why I do what I do and why I love doing the things that I love doing and why the office just does not, why I just can't sit behind a desk, right? I'm trying to show her the call. Yeah, I think she's kind of hunched over with her chin resting in her hand and she's got a stick in the other hand and she's just poking the fire. There's no cell phone service out here, so she's just, she's bored out of her mind. So, um, how's work been, I guess? Oh, it's, it's, it's great, Brad. It's been great. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we've got some positions opening up if you want to No, I know. No, I know. I know. Dad's always telling me about the positions that are opening up. I know. It's, um... I don't don't know. It's just not really... Well, I don't know how you do it, you know? I, I mean, Brad, it is the family business. So, what do you... What do you want from us? I mean, of course, we're constantly telling you about the positions that are open. You're part of our family, and we want you to be involved. I, and I you know, I, I get that. I really do. But can't we be involved as a family without the business having having to be a part of it? Can, you know, I don't want my lack of desire to sell luxury automobiles to inhibit the connection that I have to you or to mom and dad, you know, but I feel like unless I put on a suit and tie and just scoop my soul out one eight to five shift at a time, I'm not really welcome, I guess. It's, uh, you know, I, I love you and I love mom and dad and I'm pretty sure that you all love me too but it just feels like there's a gap there that I, that is desk shaped and I I don't know how to fill that sis I really don't I mean we understand that you have different priorities and different interests but you know this has been here all your life for you helping you And I guess we just don't understand why you don't want to give a little back to it, you know? But let's, let's not talk about that anymore. I'm sorry. No, no, I brought it up. I don't want to be like dad. I don't want to be like dad, you know? I know, I know. And like, I, I, dad tries his best. He really does. And I, I appreciate that. And it's hard for him. I get it. It's just, you want some s'mores? (laughs) Perfect. Uh, right as you say that, you hear a loud rustling and a crack of branches. And 
five chupacabras pop out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's the chupacabras again. <laughs> As you both turn your heads to look, stumbling out of the bushes is what you first think is a, a stag. But you quickly realize that it is definitely not because it's standing on its hind legs and its body, aside from its head, is much more humanoid mm. than a stag's body. It has rippling muscle and bloodshot red eyes and a frothing mouth and you see on its antlers already blood and some like bits of clothing Ooh, stuck okay. on the end and it lets out a bestial roar at you and just charges at you two sitting there by the campfire okay so what does brad do um it was coming from behind us like the campfire is not between us and it correct okay i'm gonna say that first i look at my sister and i say get to the van and then i turn back like i stand up and uh the like the logs you know how a lot of campfires will have like big foot diameter logs that are like a you know a couple feet long sure i reach in and i grab that with both hands and i just as it's coming at me i turn with that in my hands and just try to smash it right across the face oh yeah why don't you roll kick some ass dude okay okay here we go uh oh my god you guys are not gonna believe this i believe that it. is double ones <gasps> Oh, no. no. That is double ones plus one tough. No. No. Guys. So I think what happens is you swing this at it, and it just smashes it aside with its, with its antlers. Okay. And the wood shatters into a thousand pieces as it whips its head to the side, catching it, and then it whips its head back, smashing you onto the ground Ooh. and brad at that time will take two harm okay that's not good okay is it still focused on me yeah yeah okay i don't know what to do i'm gonna try to like you are on the ground you're next to the fire you smell burning s'mores okay and you look over and you see Reese's sitting out next to the fire <laughs> and graham crackers and long metal prongs with marshmallows burning stuck to the ends of them. The weird thing here, Brad, you don't remember using silverish looking metal skewers for your s'mores. You were just using sticks. Mmm, interesting. Okay, I'm going to try to reach out and grab one of those prongs with a burning marshmallow on it, and I'm going to try to jab that flaming <laughs> marshmallow into one of its deer eyes. <laughs> yes, roll, kick some ass. Please be better. Please be better. Please be better. Can't be worse. That is a six and a three plus one hey, is a ten. There we go. All right. Yeah. So on a ten plus, you get to choose an extra effect. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. The extra effects on Kick Some Ass are... 
gain advantage, take one forward, you inflict terrible harm, you suffer less harm, or I force them where I want them. I'm gonna force them where I want them. I'm gonna say that like I jab him in the eye and then like I just kick him as hard as I can. Uh, just to give him, I mean, he's not gonna move very far, he's huge. Oh so yeah. So just enough space for me to get up and like scramble away and try to get back to the van where my sister is so that we can get the hell out of there. So when you stab it in the eye with this, with this pronged metal s'mores tool, uh, it pierces, first of all, incredibly easily, like, like a hot knife through butter. And you literally begin to hear a sizzling sound as the beast screams and wrenches its head away and grabs its face with its kind of hands. It's like if you had human fingers, but there's only uh, four of them. And instead of nails at the ends of the fingers, each finger ends in, like, a hoof substance. Ugh, I don't like that at all. It grabs its face and reels backwards, and you kick it, and it falls backwards and trips over a a log that was behind him. I think when I stab it and it screams, he probably also screams just in shock and and fear and when it falls over he scrabbles backwards and starts running to the van where his sister is probably I guess like looking out the sliding door yeah she is she has the sliding door open and she's like yelling at you to come on come on come on Brad come on yeah yeah move 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 and I just like dive in the open door and scrabble up into the driver's seat and crank it and go Yeah, so as you are getting your van cranked, you hear a roar from the side, and then you hear a loud impact as the beast rushes at your van and slams into the door where you were just entering, and the antlers pierce the metal. Uh, and you you rev the engine, and why don't you give me an act under pressure roll to, like, successfully drive away from this thing while it's attached to your okay. vehicle. Here we go. Uh, let's see, act under pressure. Oh, no, that's only a six. That's a three and a two and a one. That's a six. Oh, shit. Oh, this poor van. So we own a car dealership. I can get another van. It's fine. <laughs> you you start to take off and you try to shake this thing, but it is like latched onto the side of the van and you begin to hear pounding and then you hear metal being punctured as it drives its like hoof fingers into the door ah. and begins wrenching Jesus. like a huge piece of metal off of the side of the the door to try and get inside. It does this and then you look back and it's stuck its frothing bloody muzzle into the hole that it's made and it's trying to like force its head through. And as it as it figures out that it can't, it begins like 
wrenching at the door even more. Okay. Am I am I driving? Like, is it hanging onto the side of a moving van? Yes. I don't suppose there's a handy dandy like road sign on the side of the road or anything or a... I mean, there can be anything you want, Dennis. Whatever you want. Anything buddy. I want. Yeah, whatever I you want. I pull a silver sword out of my back pocket cartoon style. <laughs> So just as you're thinking to yourself, as you're looking back and seeing this thing attached to the side of your van, you're thinking to yourself, damn, I really wish there were a road sign. You see a road sign coming up on your left. It's a huge road sign. In fact, what fortuitous advice does this road sign give to our wayward hero? Warning, narrow tunnel ahead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Brad, you see a road sign that says, warning, narrow tunnel ahead. And you don't recall this being here. Yeah. You don't recall driving through a narrow tunnel on your way to this campsite. But there's one here now. Maybe you went the wrong way. You're not you're not sure. You don't think you did. Listen, but... never look a gift lichen deer in the mouth. <laughs> I uh, look back over my shoulder at my sister and I say, I need you to strap in right now. And then I gas it. And I am aiming for the left side of that tunnel. I'm just going to scrape the van along that tunnel the whole way down. I love it. So she is sitting in the back seat. She buckles up and she says, Brad, what the fuck are we going to do? What the fuck are we going to do, Brad? You're going to shut up and you're going to hold on, okay? And then as fast as I can, and once I get to the edge of that tunnel, I just swerve into the side. Okay, why don't you roll act under pressure for me again? Be better. Be better. That is better. That is an eight plus one, so nine. Yeah. Oh, nice. So there is a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. Oh, Brad, I will reveal the price to pay in just a moment. (laughs) You slam up against the side of the tunnel, and the beast has, like, its arm reached into the door. Oh, no. And as soon as you slam up against it, the beast loses its footing, but tries to hold on from the door, and its weight is just too much, and it's, like, scrabbling, trying to, like, get more purchase, but the door is so damaged at this point that it just gives way, and the whole thing, like, just tears off. We see tons of sparks as it scrapes against the side of the tunnel and finally just peels away from your van and detaches and both it and the creature, whatever it is, (laughs) spin down into the darkness. And then right as that happens, you come out of the tunnel. So Brad was like screaming the whole time. So you hear the scraping of metal and the sparks and Brad is just, ah! And then the tunnel ends, and that l- that scream slowly morphs into like a a semi hysterical yes. laugh. <laughs> Eventually, sort of dies into just. <sighs> what the fuck was that, Brad? I don't what know. What the fuck was that? I don't know. I don't know. What the fuck? I don't know. What Are you okay? Fuck? Are you okay? She says, "Yeah, yeah, I think I'm okay." Okay. But right before you knocked it off, I what? It reached through. It got me. 
and she holds up her arm and there's like a huge gash across the arm oh shit okay okay um okay uh bottle left drawer by the sink i've got some first aid get that wrapped up hey siri and i ask for directions to the nearest hospital i guess the rest of the night we're in the er and i'm just sort of numb for a little while yeah she gets tons of stitches in her arm and she is feverish which is weird for just a scratch but she seems to be okay, and the scene opens up with you sitting next to her in a hospital bed with a bunch of stuff wrapped around her arm, and she's awake and she's just laying there. So yeah, that's going to be like top ten coolest scars I've ever seen. It's going to be gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be totally badass. It's too bad you have to wear that suit coat to work, or you could... Like, that's a... I'm bad at sales, don't take my advice, but I would totally open with that. You want to see my scar? <laughs> How about this Bentley? You know, that kind of thing. No? Sure. Is this working? Are you, is this cheering you up at all? Yeah, Brad. Yeah, it's cheering me up. Okay. Oh, God, that was insane. Yeah. What was that? I don't know what that was. It's, um, I don't know. I'm, I kind of want to find out though. Don't you? I mean, that thing almost got me. So, no, I don't really want to know. I think I'm just going to stay where it's nice and safe. All right. Um, I'm just glad you brought the, the silver prongs. I was going to use just the sticks or whatever. What? The, the s'mores, prong, like the, the metal spike thingies that I stabbed it with that we were roasting s'mores on. I did, you brought I, those, right? No, I didn't bring them. You brought all the camping gear. Huh. Weird. Hey folks, Nate here. Thanks for hunting us out. If you enjoyed our podcast, maybe check out this podcast from one of our friends over at the Actual Place Discord. Do you enjoy podcasts with varying content, such as superheroes? And you see more of the bushes coming to chase the kids? Um, alright. Um, I think I need to get their attention focused on me. Tell them to leave them alone. Transforming Heroes. And he nods to the giant dragon turtle. You hear a crunch as I crush a building as I walk forward. We have... No, the library! (laughs) Not the books. And a bit of horror. It looks almost like there's entrails going in opposite direction. That's a little bit of whatever it is you can see. It's just these red... Oh! Ready, stringy stuff. Oh, well, okay then. Yikes! then you should check out Dungeons & Pop, a tabletop variety show that involves several guests from the actual play scene, as well as other people who just wanted to try out being on a podcast, which you can join on our Discord server. We release episodes regularly on Wednesday on your podcast player of choice. You all drive out of town... You still have the note from before telling you how to get to the cave entrance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spider cave. And as you're driving down the road, you kind of get a little bit out of town and you start and you get into the forest. And as the road winds through the forest, you come up on Brad's van. Uh, well, we're close. His van's here. 
And as you get closer and pull up behind Brad's van, you notice another car in front of Brad's car. Whose car is it? It is another truck. This one, a little bit newer model, but it is maybe early 70s model truck. But it is beaten to hell. It is like rusted and shitty looking and awful. I'm going to go and look in the window and see if there's anything. There's absolutely nothing in the truck. There's like trash, I guess. It's a mess. It's messy inside. Can we go into Brad's van? No, you cannot. Brad locked his van. I absolutely am positive of that. Mm-hmm. I live there. Can we, like, kind of peer into the windows? I'm not worried about the van. I know in my heart of hearts that Brad has gone after these spiders. Oh, Brad. We all almost died fighting those spiders. Is this truck open? Yeah. Awesome. I want to dig through the glove box. Is there a title? Is there tag registration? I don't know if they do that here. Probably not. Nope. There sure as fuck is not. Yeah, I don't know they can register their cars. There is a knife in there. I'll take the knife. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are we near the collapsed cave entrance? You could walk there from there, but you notice that where Brad has pulled over, this isn't exactly where you would go to get to where you were last time. Oh, so he's gone somewhere new. Or he's taken a different route to get there. Can I use that old black magic to try and identify the creature? Oh, interesting. Interesting. So tell me how you do this. Do you like grab things from the truck? We have that knife, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we have the sandwiches. The sandwiches are going to represent Brad because Brad is a sandwich man. Okay. Um, And we have the knife from whatever's following him. Uh, We're going to take the sandwiches and the knife, put them in the center of the pentagram. At each point of the star for the pentagram is a crystal. The pentagram's drawn in dirt. So Morris is going to try and use black magic to figure out what or who was in the truck. Okay, cool. Roll use magic. All right, I got a nine. All right, so on a seven to nine... You get a glitch. Yes, that makes sense. So why don't you pick a glitch for me? Uh, Problematic side effect. Morris can handle growing a second head or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So describe to me how you do this ritual. Gonna use the knife from the truck, the sandwiches that represent Brad. They're like in the middle of the pentagram that's drawn on the dirt, I guess. And then at each point in the pentagram, there's a crystal. And they're just whatever crystals, like one of them's maybe like sea glass or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Morris probably like, I think I said before he like will hold a crystal in his hand like it's a rosary. Yeah, yeah. So I presume that stays consistent across the magic. Sure. That would make sense for a cult, right? If that's what makes sense to you, that's what makes sense to me. It's your cult. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Morris. Yes. What happens is you are holding these crystals and as you finish your incantation the crystals begin to glow and the knife rises off of the ground. And as it does, the crystals flash slowly at first and then they start flashing faster and at random rates. And then they go back to like a steady flashing. And you think that this actually is going to work exactly like your brooch. Okay. However, the crystals 
as they flash, they begin to heat up. And before you know what's happening, they quickly sink into your hands. Ugh, gross. And you have crystals jutting out of your hands. Uh, and you can't hold a gun. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to Morris. No whipping anything out. <laughs> yeah, so now you have these glowing crystals embedded in your hands. They also hurt. Oh. You can't really move your hands very well. It's like I've got arthritis in my hands. I'm assuming it's that kind of hurt. Yeah, sure. All right, crystal arthritis. Or it's crystals piercing your hands hurt. I'm just assuming it's a constant throb. Heather, uh, I know where the guys who were in that truck Who's are. Heather? Who the hell is Heather? Shit, <laughs> Max. Uh, I, th- I think I think I have a way to find the guys who were in that truck at least, uh, and hopefully, or not hopefully, Brad's with them. I mean, hopefully not. Uh, hold on, I want to do one thing before we go. Before we leave here, I want to look at the path, like the logical entrance point toward the cave. Does it look like I can track him? Yeah, why don't you roll investigate a mystery to do that? Can I help out? Yeah, absolutely. Please help out. Why don't you describe to me what you're doing to help her? Morris holds up the glowing crystals to use as a flashlight to help (laughs) Mags look (laughs) at everything. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Okay. All right. Morris, why don't you roll help out? And Mags, why don't you roll investigate? Six plus five is 11. Woo! So plus two help out for uh, Mags. Well, that's great because I rolled a nine. Now you have an 11. Now I have a 10. Oh, yeah. And an 11. An 11. (laughs) Hey, somebody's bad at math. Oh, I thought you had like a negative modifier or something. No, that's just for tough. Well, that's perfect. So you get to hold two. Where did it go? Yeah, I think that that's easy enough. He rolled incredibly shittily <laughs> the entire time when he was fucking getting out there. So there is an obvious path to follow. There's like broken twigs you see it's like, like he should have just driven the van through the woods just, <laughs> yeah he should have just driven the fucking van through the woods it would have been just as effective there are like just my shirt yeah 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 his shirt's just attached to a huge thing of brambles <laughs> well he was like yeah. in a kilt too right that's a that's a few feet down <laughs> Brad is just fully naked at this point. Naked, captured by spiders. Yeah, it's canon. Oh yeah, it's canon. Can't be canon. Brad uh, lost his kilt. You guys go a little farther. You find the kilt. Oh boy. Just free balling it out here in the woods. Luckily, Morris is wearing, like, three different layers of clothes, so... You can spare some. (laughs) Yeah, thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Morris can spot Brad at least a shirt. (laughs) Okay. Okay, uh, that looks like we've got our answer. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Mags puts the bag down, gets out a gun. And you're gonna have to shoot for two. Oh, oh, man. This is gonna be bad. Um, all right, let's go. And sets off through the woods. 
So, yeah, um, as you are following the trail that you found of Brad's and finding his misplaced clothing and the crystals in your hands begin flashing at a faster rate. They're not like just constantly on off, on off, on off, on off, but they're they're getting faster. And as they flash more, this kind of throbbing pain in your hands grows worse it's like i've got arthritis and there's a storm coming yeah (laughs) old man morris over here (laughs) as we forge on down the path that brad has left does it continue getting more intense or does morris get the impression that they branch off somewhere or it seems like they are all oh they just fight it follows okay like as you follow it it gets more intense we keep on until you eventually get to a point where you see a hole in the ground Mm. and you can hear the rushing of water just as brad did okay um because you believe the waterfall is near and you are up above where you were last time what kind of pole is it like Pole? Wait. Hole. Pole with a P or hole with an H? Hole with an H. Uh, Sorry. Hole in the the ground. Just a pole out in the woods. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's just a stripper pole in the middle (laughs) of the woods. This must be where it was. That's where you find Brad. Uh, That's why he has no clothes on. And he loves magic mind. It's all coming together. The people watching him are two Gregs and <laughs> no. no, no. Oh my god. Oh, just the worst audience. Okay. They probably do not tip well. No, not at all. Oh my god, do you think Greg has a strip club? No, 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 no. Like he's got no. like a veterinarian's office, like oh, Greg's god. gentleman club. I'm literally taking off my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> He's like throwing pennies at Brad. Ow. Yeah, Ow. take it off. Ow. Okay. There's a hole in the ground. Do we hear anything other than the waterfall? <laughs> <laughs> Heather, I'm so sorry. I just choked oh, on water. Yeah. There's so much coughing on my recording now. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> So, Brad, as you come out of your reverie in this moment, you are snapped back to reality. You are in a pit of your own making. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, pretty much. It was your roles. Yeah. So, you saw this undulating mass in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yes. And are sitting there stuck in very thick, horrible, disgusting web. Yeah. What do you do? Okay. Uh, the first thing I do is turn off the flashlight, because I don't want to draw attention to myself if I haven't already. And while the flashlight is off, I'm going to... Just look around for a second and see if I can spot the whole reason I came out here, which is that green glow that I saw in the Kelly's uh, bedroom and surrounding the hole in their roof that I have not seen since. Is there anything in this cave that is glowing green? You want to see the green light. I think that you do not have to roll anything for this. 
Okay. I think in the darkness, with very little light coming from above, you see in the middle of this cavern that you've fallen into, Mm -hmm. the mass that was undulating does not emit a green light. Well, this whole trip was a waste. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, well. Sorry, dude. There's something very specific for the green light. It's very... I can't tell you. I can't tell no, you. I'm I don't, sorry. No, no, no. I, I don't want you, you to. That's the mystery. But I got to try to solve it in the other way Brad can. I want you to know that there's something. It's not arbitrary. No, I believe you. I believe okay. you. Are there any Sam Kelly-shaped lumps in the mass? Well, you haven't really inspected it very much. You got a flash of it with your flashlight as you fell through, but you immediately turned your flashlight off. Okay. So... Looking for that green. Okay, 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 okay. Now, am I suspended in webbing, or like, are my feet on the ground? Am I stuck to a wall? What's you the ex- are stuck in a mass of webbing. That's like in a mass of webbing. Is there a, a solid surface? It's, it's on the wall and the floor. But this is not like a Frodo in Shelob's tunnel situation where I'm just suspended in midair in a web. You cannot touch the floor or the wall from where you are. So yes, it is kind of like that. <laughs> It's literally that. You may as well have hairy feet. <laughs> I mean, it, it, sure. Like, uh, have you seen, like, brown recluse nests? Yeah, there's like a massive sort of jumble. Like, it's not pretty like you would think of as a spider Glob web. of web. I mean, it looks like cotton. It's So you've right. fallen into a large version of that, kind of. Well, I I hate this more and more. Um, also, I am apparently canonically naked. Yes, yes, you uh, are naked. Based on a bit yeah, that sorry. we did. Why are you apologizing, um, Brad? So <laughs> it was a bit. <laughs> it was a great bit. Okay, I, it has to be a bit, a little bit, because I need somewhere to keep my nunchucks and pocket knife. But. I, <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I'm done. Oh my god. Morris, figure this out. Um <laughs> Mags just dies in the woods for reasons unknown. Ugh. She makes that noise. You're walking along and Morris hears Mags go, ugh, and then she just dies. Dies of disgust. She just falls over dead. Brad just has a belt on <laughs> that has some of his gear. Oh man. It's like a tool belt. Oh my gosh, y'all. Y'all, maybe you ha- maybe you're like there's holsters me. that he was wearing. Garters. Oh, this it doesn't. It doesn't have the tool I want on it though. <laughs> Never mind. I'm staying in the podcast, but I'm leaving my husband. <laughs> He's laughing so hard and so loud at himself upstairs. Oh, oh man, he's very self-satisfying. Yes, which is what he's gonna have to do once you leave him. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, <laughs> savage! Zing! Oh man. Okay. Brad, decide now what you're wearing. I'm fine with it just being a bit. Brad is not gonna take all of his clothes off in the <laughs> woods at night. <laughs> I was being dumb. Dennis was making a joke. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Brad is clothed. Uh, Brad, uh, let's see, what am I going to do? I am going to, I'm going to remember Mags using her, like, Leatherman pocket knife to cut through the webbing when she was tangled up in it, and I'm going to try to get to, 
uh, my very similar pocket knife that I also have uh, that is on my character sheet and see if I can start cutting my way out of this webbing while also trying to listen for scuttling and scurrying or anything else that seems like it might be coming to eat me. Okay, I'm definitely going to make you roll Act Under Pressure for this. I thought you might. Because it is difficult to reach anything because you're stuck in a web. Yeah, I know. That was my first. That was my first uh, option. We'll see how how things go. All right, let's do it. That is a seven. So mixed success. Okay. A worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. Your price to pay is that you make too much noise and you have attracted the attention of something that you do not fully know yet. Oh, so Brad doesn't realize I've garnered that attention. Correct. That's a dentist piece of information. Yes, that is a dentist piece of information. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, 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 good. But I do get out. Um, how far down did I fall? Like, how far above me is the hole? 20 feet. Whoa. Woo, that's a long way down. Okay, so not getting out that way. If you had not been caught in the web, you probably would have broken some bones. Would have taken 2d6 <laughs> of falling damage. Yes. I know, you right? really have like seven hit points. all right so i'm on the ground i'm going to just be still for a second and listen and see if i hear anything again scuttling or moving or anything like that and why don't you read a bad situation i'm sorry i did not mean to interrupt you no i was hoping you would ask me to do that because this definitely seems like the time to to use that move oh oh my god uh that that that's a that's a six you know what actually I tell you what, I can actually gain back quite a bit of luck as a mundane. So I think I, I think, do I want to do that? Yeah, I'm going to use luck on that one. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm using luck. So, yes. What happens on a 12 plus for read a bad situation? On a 10 plus hold three. I'm going to say uh, the obvious one. Are there any dangers I haven't noticed yet? Yes. Yeah. Surprise. (laughs) Okay, so there are absolutely multiple things that you haven't, uh, multiple dangers that you have not noticed yet. First of all, you definitely hear something moving around in the darkness around you, other than the undulating mass, which makes slippy, sloshy noises, disgusting sounds. But those are very kind of quiet and low, and this is the scraping of chitin upon stone at times. Mm. But then it just goes silent. Okay. The other thing that you notice is you hear from 30 feet above you a slight scraping sound and then some mumbling of words. You cannot make out what the words say, but somebody's up there. Hmm. You do not know who. It could be a danger, but I'm, because I'm, I mean, I'm including it in, are there any dangers you haven't noticed? That does seem to flavor that a particular way. It does, but I leave it up to your interpretation. It could be a danger, is is how you interpret it. I mean, it could be anything. You aren't sure what time it is? Question mark? Are you sure what time it is? No. You left your phone. Yeah. I know it is sometime... You know, after three. Or, I mean, does Brad have a watch? Like a waterproof Trek watch? Oh, probably. If Brad's an outdoorsy guy, wouldn't he at some point have, like, learned to vaguely tell what time it is just by, like, the position of the moon? 
Yeah, I'm underground. Never mind. <laughs> I got that part. <laughs> um, I mean, waterproof watch makes sense, but I mean, if, if you're okay with that, then yeah, I've got a waterproof watch. Waterproof, waterproof watch. It's the new bread and breakfast. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's got it's got like a backlight on it and everything. Yeah. I, that's that's great. So, do you have any more questions? Right this instant. You can hold them. They right. Hold after all. My next question that I want to ask right now is, what's my best way out? Well, mm. you know the direction of the cave entrance because you were there already, mm -hmm. and you have a compass on your watch. So you are pretty sure where that is. Uh, it did get not totally blocked up last time. You can possibly squeeze through, especially if these big, huge abdomen spiders right. can squeeze their fat asses through. Yeah. Okay. And I think I'm going to hold the last, like, hold on to the last hold. But I do want to tell you that when a mandane uses luck, I will find something interesting, maybe even useful. Great. So, like, do you backlight and look at your watch? I think I do, but I'm going to, like, cup it under my palm so as little light as possible like escapes out into the cave great great so the camera i think is like in front of brad and as soon as brad lights up this watch on his wrist the light shines into his face and we can see a little bit behind him oh no and what <laughs> we see is like the face of a fucking spider like no, no. rearing <laughs> up oh, and Brad, I think, cause I'm, I'm not going to punish you. You, you haven't done anything, but Brad, you, you hear like a rock tumble behind you. You turn around really quickly and kind of fall backwards a bit. Uh huh. Um, and onto your ass as the, the fangs of this spider just graze the area where you were just standing. Well, time to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to... So as you land, your hand lands on something cold and metallic. Okay. It's a gun. Small, cold, and metallic. Oh. Okay. I'm just going to... I'm going to grab it. I think I'm going to use the panic button move. Okay. I am going to try and run back towards the entrance of the cave because I, at least when we were there before, like a day and a half ago, the floor at least was not covered in webbing because we were walking across it. So I'm assuming it's going to be fairly easy to run through. Correct. And like you said, if there's this, you know, space enough for these spiders to get out, then Brad can probably get through as well. And I'm going to try to get out of this cave and back to town. Great. So the camera cuts to, you know, the classic oh, chase scene in a horror film through through dark corridors, right? Although it's not multiple corridors. You're able uh, easily enough with your watch and the compass on it to quickly tell the direction that you need to go and you start running that way. So let's start by rolling uh, Act Under Pressure. Okay. And then we'll kind of go from there. Okay, we here we go. We will let the moves determine the story like we should. Like All right. good little Monster of the Week players. Roll, roll, roll. Please be good. No more sixes. 
Oh, God. hey, that's a that's a what do I have? That's a, that's a ten. Hey! Oh shit! All right. So for acting a pressure on a ten, you can just control the narrative. Paint me that sweet sweet word picture. I've got the item that I touched. I just pick it up. I've got the watch up with the compass. And at this point, something's already chasing me. So flashlight is on so that I can see where I'm going. And so it's just me sprinting as fast as I can away from this spider, coming to a fork, looking at the compass. And then there are so many close calls where it catches up while I'm looking at my watch. And I take off just in time for it to sort of skitter past me. And it like rather than having to stop it just runs up the wall and like curves around it like it's a like a car drifting on a racetrack or something so it's running on the tunnel above me and occasionally screaming and echoing down the hallways from its multiple horrific faces and i love it i eventually make my way up to i start to see just at the edge of the flashlights illuminating power what looks a lot like a cave-in that might have been caused by a grenade or two And as I get closer, I actually see, like, bits of broken carapace and deflated spiders that were killed in the blast and things like that. So, uh, full steam ahead. All right. Up and over. So, hit that panic button, dude. Let's escape that place. Okay. I'm really nervous. Here we go. Dropped one of the dice. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> that's a six. <laughs> um, Will he burn two Lux in one episode? Aren't you I wishing you hadn't burned no. that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Wait a minute. You are acting upon the knowledge that you got from your read a bad situation. Right. So you get plus one ongoing while acting upon the information. So. Oh, that's a seven then. That's a mixed success. I'll take it. Okay, so what happens on a seven to nine for panic button? Okay, on a seven to nine, you can go or stay, but if you go, it's going to cost you. You leave something behind or something comes with you. Oh, well, that's easy. As Brad slips through the opening, much easier for a human to do than than the spiders. He slides like headfirst down the like rocks and gravel there. You get a bunch of scrapes ow, and nicks. Ow, ow. And then you <laughs> look behind you and shine your light and you see the eyes and I hesitate to even call it a face. I guess it is a face. A spider face. And it begins, like, pushing itself through. And its big badonkadonk gets it stuck partway. <laughs> but it's dra- it's dragging those poor faces through. <laughs> You're getting, like, cuts. And you begin to hear screaming <laughs> and moaning. And uh, you, I assume, jet the fuck out of there. Yeah, I'm not playing around. Great. It is continuing to follow you, my friend. I'm going to actually try to run around and up to that upper level where I heard voices. Because if I looked at my watch, then I know it's after 5.30, right? Yeah, sure. It's after 5.30 now. Okay. If it's after 5.30, no, I'm going to run back up to the top if I can, because I did hear those voices. And on the off chance that it's Mags and Morris, I've got some help. And if it's not, then... There's still a giant spider, and that's everybody's problem. So uh, I'm going to run towards where I know there are people. Okay. That is great. Morris and, and Mags see up ahead of you two figures standing, and 
as you run up with flashlights in hand, the morning light is already starting to kind of creep over the hills and barely light some of the forest. It's very dim. And as you two run up, two figures turn, and one of them, Morris, you recognize as Jaden Indigo Child. The other, you both recognize as it is Greg. Of course. Of course. And right as Greg and Jaden open their mouths to speak to you, immediately everyone's heads whip around and you see Brad in a kilt crashing through the underbrush. Uh, spider, 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 spider. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Nate. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nameless Monsters. You can follow us on Twitter at namelessmon underscore pod and reach us by email at namelessmonsterspodcast at gmail.com. Monster of the Week was created by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. If you like the show, please rate and review us on a podcasting platform of your choice and let your friends know you loved the show. We really appreciate the help. Be safe out there and happy hunting. We hope you enjoyed the music on today's episode. Most of our selections, including our show's theme song, Somewhere in the Dark, are used by permission of the composer, Polisna Radio, who can be supported on Patreon. We also used Out of the Labyrinth by Loco Lobo, licensed under Creative Commons for Cornell. Full listings and links can be found in our show notes. I guess Brad is just wearing a belt. No, Brad is oh, clothed. come on. He lost pieces it of it. He was such a good runner. Brad can have pants. He lost his kilt. But he was, like, wearing bike shorts underneath, like girls do to prevent chub rub. Uh, I mean, Heather is the editor of this thing. She can make us say whatever she wants. We should probably just... I will not bow to this tyranny. <laughs> I'm fine with the shirt. Let me have the kilt. It's got my, it's got my pockets in it. I need it to tuck the, the nunchuck into. But not bike shorts? You're not okay with bike shorts? Brad wouldn't wear bike shorts under his kilt. Are you kidding me?